amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hey there, Beverly Hills 90210 fans. It's now time to dive deep into an episode-by-episode, character-by-character, song-by-song account of the making of your favorite zip code with your host, Charles Rosen. Did I say that? Larry Mullen. heinous thing about the, the, the real person. And we go, what? We're getting rid of this guy. Pete Ferrero. Nice having Darren Starr on that one time. <laughs> and representing the fans, Lily Amaran. And I love you. I have dreamt about you. What? I, along with many special guests. And your questions. So sit back and relax because it's like totally time for the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Okay. We are here. <laughs> <laughs> and we are back for another episode of the Beverly Hills 90210 show. Uh, and look who's with us, Rebecca Gayhart, Rebecca Dane. How are you? It's so good to see you. Uh, hey, James Whitmore Jr. is here too. How are you, man? How's everything been? The, d- the director of this episode. Uh, how how are things going with you, man? Well, you know, living and working for a living, um, taking care of my grandkids. My old wife and I have been hanging around together for a long time. We had five months off to to hang out together with, with, with each other and with our kids. And uh, now we're back to work. Life any better be a setup. Um, Larry, how are you? I'm doing great. Uh, you know, it's been a very busy week. I have to tell everybody we've been really uh, working hard, prepping for the October 4th Super Show party, for, which is the actual premiere date of Beverly Hills 90210. In 1990, and there's just going to be a three-hour live uh, party extravaganza with everybody who's ever once worked on the show hopping in at one point and pre-records and and uh, you know we've everyone's being invited. Uh, it's a big, you know, it's a milestone. We've got critics, we've got uh, all the different girlfriends of the different characters. We we have got interesting fan segments. We're doing some pre-records and locations and. I don't know. I don't know why we're doing this, but we're having a lot of fun just going revisiting the work, which is yes. pretty damn good, as we discovered. Yes. Uh, and hey, we announced on Wednesday joining us on that October 4th show will be Carol Potter and James Eckhouse. Jim and Cindy will be, be with us. And then we're I'm excited to announce a couple more. Christina Lease is coming back to the to the fold. And Mark Espinosa. So it's going to be it's going to be fun. And obviously, we've got invites out to some people. I mean, I went to the Wayback Machine for a couple of these. Yes, I know you did. I know way way back. So anyway, Rebecca, how are you? It's good. It's good to have you. Thank you. It's so nice to be here. I am well, considering everything that's going on in the world. Hanging in there. Totally. Now, you probably, I'm sure all of you, when was the last time that you saw some of this, these episodes? So it's, I mean, I would, a very, very, very long time. It, it yeah. feels like a lifetime ago and it was really fun to revisit them. My daughters wanted to watch. They're not quite old enough to watch, so I didn't let them. Um, but it was hard to keep them away. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, we have a little surprise here uh, for the fans. Somebody is waiting in the wings to join us. I don't think we could have done this episode without him. But there we have Cliff Weissman. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Hey. He is with us as Hi. well. Awesome. He, he played Bruno, which was our father Lawrence character. Like, if you oh, know. No. Yeah. I, um, I brought my tie. I don't know if you could see that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, wardrobe's still looking for that time. Is that right? <laughs> we're, we're actually still looking for wardrobe because she's <laughs> joined us and we haven't heard from her. So uh, Molly Campbell, who made the dress and stuff, might join us as well. All right, Larry, let's go. Let's get into this. Into this. Let's let's dive into this. Now, coming into season six, mm. there's a debacle. Is Lou, Luke Perry going to stay on with the show? Right there's there's that now. How involved are you with something like that? Are you like guys got to sign him? You got to sign him, or are you just well, like, oh, if we do this, this happens. If we don't, like, wh where do you go as a writer? I would say timeline wise, we know we're going back in production in the middle of July, and which means we really have to start writing scripts by Memorial Day. So the beginning of May, we started hearing that Luke wasn't going to come back. No, we already had lost Chuck. Uh, you know, Shannon had gone the year before. So now, okay, and then, and then he was going to do 10 episodes. So we got that that message, 10 episodes. And it was an awesome responsibility. And so we tried to, you know, basically a lot of the success of the show was we always would look back with what, what these characters, because they were real to us, what these characters, and we had this great, inherited this great gift of the mystery of uh, the death of Luke's father, which of course James Whitmore blew him up in a, a car in another episode, I think. But uh, but uh, uh, so we we and in the end of uh, uh, season five, we had hung Luke out of the tram, you know, for for checking out what's going on, who's after, you know, who did uh, did his father in, and trying to scare him off. And we said, okay, what if he didn't get scared off? What if he could get some real solid clue? And and then we just started weaving this love story. And, uh, you know, and we just got more and more into it. It was basically the, in, in the, you know, in the room where, where, where it happened was really Steve Wasserman, Jessica Klein, and myself. And we started weaving, we, we thought, you know, you kind of always looking a little bit at Romeo and Juliet as the shorthand. And in the shorthand, Bruno was Father Lawrence, who was the go-between between the lovers. We always, so we always had that in the pocket. We were going to have some way to make this story work. And my background also was, was a lot of cop shows, so, you know, like like Jim's and a lot of action shows. So I kind of felt a little, you know, I, I, you know, I felt pretty good that we could make this work. And then we had the casting, which, you know, we were so lucky. Uh, you know, uh, you know, what can I say? I mean, our hearts were in our throats when we thought Rebecca was going to say yes. I mean, we were so excited because we just knew everyone would fall in love with her. And certainly Luke was going to find Dylan, Dylan McKay was going to fall in love with her. And sure. that was the key thing making this work. And then we were lucky because we had a, a we cast Stanley Camel as the father. Yes. The other Tony. See, that was the other thing we played it with. We, you know, late at night we realized, Oh, we have Tony and Antonia, you know, we could kind of, cause we had a delay of 10 episodes and she did, um, Rebecca did eight episodes, I think. So I we had so. to make that story go eight episodes. And, uh, and then, you know, like, like I said, we had Stanley Camel who comes in and, and is just so evil. He's just so bad. And, uh, and, and watching this particular episode, there's such a scene where, where Bruno, you really see what he's like. He's so happy about these kids getting married. And he says to the, the hit man, isn't this great? The boss is turning around. He's going to give him a job. You know, and like he's, oh, it's just played beautifully. I mean, you know, it, and, and oh, look, I mean, you know, so anyway, the storyline was the storyline. We kind of felt we had gold, but it was the casting. And then, 
we had to get James Whitmore to direct it. And then we kind of felt, you know, we'd give it our best shot. And it just looking at it again, it's something I really feel proud of. And, and you know, I should mention Steve Wasserman, our, our partner in crime, who, who penned the, the teleplay and lots of, and, and, and also did a lot of the producing, I'm sure, with, with Jim on it, uh, is no longer with us. Either is Stanley Camel in this, you know, memorial of yeah. shows. Now, for, I'm curious for Rebecca, um, how did did you guys, uh, how did you get into the mix of this? You know, I was still living, I was still living in New York City, and um, I, I got a call from Larry Taub, who was my agent and who also happened to be Luke's agent. Oh. Yeah, and he, he said, I want you to get on the phone with Luke because we want you to go out to California and do this show, 90210. Obviously I knew what the show was and I was like, wow, okay. I, you know, I hadn't worked in California a lot. Um, I was sort of an East Coast person. Um, and, you know, listen, after speaking with Luke, how to, you know, you can't say no to him. <laughs> right. I was so excited. I was like, yes, yes, yes. That's awesome. So I you didn't just... I never knew that part of it. That's great. I mean, that was uh, thank you, Luke. Yeah, but, but there was no audition process for you. Then you, there was an offer. No, offer. you know, it was wild because you know I really I I don't know how much work I'd done before the show. Some, but I certainly was not you know someone who got offered roles all the time. Um, so I are you I kidding? You were the Noxima girl. I was gonna say she was, and that's what she was known as. And <laughs> well, we had also cast a lot of models. We were comfortable with models. Mr. Spelling was comfortable with models. Oddly enough, and I should tell Rebecca this, one of the things that he was concerned about was the curly hair. He was like fixated on it. So oh, like, really? a, a rich man would never have his daughter have curly hair. I mean, going like, what are you talking about? <laughs> didn't quite, you know, I don't know, it's a generational thing, but you know, it, it all works out. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, oh, my hair scared everyone. <laughs> it was fabulous. I we loved I your hair. My hair was a lot, and it, it, did, it, was, it was scary for a lot of people. But um, I think for that time period, I mean, it was very uh, in in the 90s, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so it worked. But, um, yeah, I you know, I think also, you know, I don't know. I, it, it all happened very fast. I was cast. I came out, and... Um, you know, for me, it was a big deal to drive in California and you guys were very kind and put me up at this great hotel and you, I had this convertible car you had rented me. Um, but the sad part about that was cause I enjoy, I was enjoying it all so much that after I burnt my foot, remember that episode? Where I, I do. I remember what a trooper you were. She finished the day. And I, and I wore a boot for many of the episodes, um, I couldn't drive after that. <laughs> so that what is the story of burning your foot? On. What is that story of her burning her foot? You know, we were shooting in Point Magoo and it was a beach scene and it was like a 6 a.m. call time. And they had put my mark um, on, I guess it was a campfire that, that had someone had just covered with a very small layer of sand and my mark was right on the campfire and so i was running with down the beach to hit my mark and i hit my mark dug my foot into the campfire Oof. yeah 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 welcome to 90210 
Yeah. She, she finished the day. That's okay, right. I remember us going, "What a trooper!" This kid. I mean, we we were so felt so terrible, I and mean, obviously we were we were really mad that this would happen that they didn't figure this out. But yeah. uh, no, yeah, God bless. I mean, yeah, it was. Uh, no, you were tough as now. Well, she was from Hazard, Kentucky. We found out that day. That's right. Yeah. That's how, yeah. This girl's from Hazard, Kentucky. She's tough. <laughs> Um, did you know, right. Rebecca, that like this is Luke's last year and this is a big deal for, you know, for you to be in this storyline with him? Were you aware of that at that time? Um, I mean, a little bit. I think, you know, look, I, I, I was excited about it and it was going to be fun to be on the show. Um, it was a little scary, you know, first day of school on that show because everyone, it was such a, you know, close cast and. Um, but it, it, I didn't know it was going to be a big deal. You know, I was, I thought it was going to be one of those, you know, you go, you guest star on a show and then what, but it, it, it's funny because people think that I was on the show for much longer than I was because in reality, I think it was eight or nine episodes. Um, mm -hmm. and people, you know, think I'm on the show for a year or two years. <laughs> right. That's true. So well, it's it impactful. I was just going to say it's an impactful period. Um, now, talk to me a little bit about the storyline, Larry, from this season of her coming in and whatnot, um, and some of the beats that you know, because we do see her, what, I think in episode three of that season, right? Yes, uh, it must, uh, must be a guy thing. She comes in in that episode, number three. And, um, you know, there's a curious thing. I, I guess it's a side note here. I don't mean to, but... I, I was confused because there were two episodes played on the same day, okay? The first two episodes of that season, uh, Home is Where the Card Is and Buffalo uh, Girls, played 8 o'clock and 9 o'clock on Fox that week because at 9 o'clock on CBS, Darren Starr's show was premiering. And Mr. Wow. Stone was fixated on burning it. <laughs> and so we had to hurry up another post on another show so we could run two and, and kind of burn it. And which he did. He, he successfully killed the show. It was called Central Park West. Wow. Okay. <laughs> anyway, uh, you know, within the beats of the story, we were going to have, you know, Luke, you know, make his, his, you know, make his entrance with the girl, but not really thinking about falling in love with her. He's using her basically to get to the father. And, uh, and you know, we just, he, she starts getting involved with him, getting involved with the friends. And there's a wonderful dinner party scene I, I love saw. That. Uh, you know, it's just as great. And of course, Luke is using it. Uh, Dylan's using it to kind of sneak into the uh, into the uh, into the father's office to get some, you know, incriminating evidence. And I think, you know, Bruno is also up there. We, I don't know if you got to see that, uh, Cliff. But, yeah, there's some great stuff building up the relationships. And it all just kept kept working on him. And, we, you know, we played some heavy stuff, too, with the guys with guns at each other under the table and a dinner scene. You know, we kind of, you know, kind of pulled out some of the, 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 the stuff and really built it up. And then and then we knew we were going to be going to this episode, which is going to be goodbye, Luke. And we, we just wanted to break heart. And, and, and I just, uh, you know, and luckily Jim had the time to do this episode because uh, we needed someone like him to pull this off. I mean, there was rain. There was a party. We had that. We have strippers, male strippers. I mean, there's so much going on here. Uh, you know, again, we, and as, as Jim knows, we did these in seven out of 10 days. These, what do you shoot now, Jim? How many days do you shoot an hour? Well, at least you do eight, probably two or three second unit days now. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's a different world. Different world. We, you know, he had to shoot like eight pages a day. It was like, 
And for Rebecca, like walking through this, this, these before before we get to this episode, walking through this storyline with Luke and whatnot, and entering the cast and all that. What is some of that stuff like for you? Um, I mean, I was very intimidated by it all and by everyone, but I also, you know, really was kind of naive about it all. So that worked to my advantage. I just sort of came and tried to do my job. I was very excited about it. And I really remember Cliff, we had such a nice time shooting together and yes, you were we one of my favorite parts of that storyline. Um, um, comes through. But I was, it was definitely, uh, you know, intimidating to have a, a scenes with Jenny and uh, Tori and to meet them and then the next second be in a scene with them. Um, yeah. They were all sort of very well known from the show and, and then Jason and, you know, it was just trying to find my footing, trying to find my place. And I have to say, you know, Luke played a really big part in making me comfortable on set. Everyone did. The The crew was also incredibly kind to me and they were looking out for me because I don't, not everyone was happy I was there. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, just, you know, there was definitely some Hollywood. dynamics on the, on the, the set. Yeah. But, um, but, but everyone, you know, I felt very comfortable because there was people watching out for me and, um, and like yeah. I said, I think Cliff, you probably felt similar in in. Well, we we used to chat actually. Things. We used to talk a little bit about it, about feeling outside. Mm. Yeah. Initially, yeah, it, initially, it was the it was yeah. the sixth season there, and you know, people, you know, again, people were leaving. Luke's leaving. Everyone who's staying is saying, "Why am I staying?" I mean, it was starting to, you know, there was a, you know, there's some, you know, there's a rhythm that happens in a long running show, and and. This was one of those, you know, down rhythms, and we. But the storylines were buoying everybody up, me, because they were excited. No, I, I was only going to add that I felt like um, the storyline that you guys created it, it, it was magical in a way. You know, it all happened sort of quickly, um, but it was played so well, and you guys really, you know, did such a nice job with it that it, it, it was just so much fun. You know, it was short and sweet, but it was so much fun, and it was really impactful. Awesome. So for, for Cliff, uh, how did you walk into this? Did you audition for the part of Bruno? I, I auditioned. Um, I was still relatively new to LA and I had just switched representation and it was my first audition. And um, I had a preliminary audition. I had a second callback. And then the third callback, it was just me and someone else. And I was supposed to go into the room first and the other actor was invited in. And when he came out of the room, I had noticed that he had sort of flop sweat. And I thought to myself, huh, I could possibly get this. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and so I did. And that, I auditioned for it. And we did several scenes from several episodes when, when I auditioned for the final, the final time. Um, and what do you think of the scripts when you're getting them in, in the character of Bruno? What did you think of, uh, of the part? Well, I love Bruno because, you know, oftentimes I play tough guys and this was really a guy with a heart of gold. And so ultimately, you know, you start out and he's sort of brutish and he's, you know, sort of antagonistic. And then I had some wonderful scenes, particularly with Rebecca, where I got to show my sense of humor and I got to do some lighthearted stuff. We, we did a Halloween episode where I was holding a cat and that was my tribute to Brando. Um, so, you know, it was it was a great character, a really great character. So I, I was thrilled. 
So when we get into this episode, uh, the one wedding and a funeral, let's talk about that. Uh, for Jim, I guess, you get this script and there's a lot of moving parts in something like this. What is your thoughts on, on getting that script and seeing this murder scene and this party and a wedding? I mean, they really threw everything at you at one time, didn't they? Yeah, you know, it was a very, very interesting company. Those guys, they're a bunch of kids. I had, a, I had a few opportunities over the years to work with, you know, I, I worked with the 21 Jump Street guys. I worked with the 90210 guys. I ended up working with the Dawson's Creek guys. I got mm. to work with a lot of young actors starting their careers. And it was a very good thing to be able to do, to, to open up an environment where they were safe and they could explore and they could, they could, they could do their thing. They could be free. And this group was, they, they were all pissed off. I mean, it, it, the, the first thing an actor does is, is pray for a job. And then as soon as he gets it, he says, what the hell am I doing this crap for? I should be doing something better. <laughs> <laughs> but the reality is those guys were, they had, they really had stepped into a gold mine there. I mean, I remember when I started working on that show, there were paparazzi guys across the street on Calvert Street hiding in the sauna store, taking pictures with long lenses of all these kids. You know, I mean, it was, they were like the Beatles. They were on the cover of Rolling Stone magazine, Luke and, and Jason, those guys, you know. Yeah. So they, on one hand, they hated it, but Luke was an actor. You know, right. he, he was an actor. He loved to act, and he wanted. And this was what a great story to tell. I mean, to fall in love with, you know, you know, the, the, the when I got to that show with these two guys, they were so in sync, Rebecca and Luke, that it, it was it was real. There was a wonderful, real thing going on to photograph, and you knew it was going to break everybody's heart. And then they did. They let me go out to Malibu and shoot at a a beautiful mansion on the beach. I mean, it was one thing after another. Stanley Camel, old friend of mine, one of the great actors that lived in Hollywood, you know, and thank, sad to say he died, you know, very, very young. But a, yeah. what a wonderful actor. And you say he was a great bad guy. He was a wonderful actor. He could do anything, that guy. Yeah. And, and there were so many elements that were wonderful in that. You know, Rick Gunter, the cameraman, was so game on that one. He wanted, we got the long lenses going. We got out in that cemetery. We shot such beautiful stuff at the funeral. I mean, I, when I watched the show the other day, I, when it started, I went, what in the hell is going on here? I didn't remember. Mm. And then as I started getting into it, I, re I, I remember it very vividly. I remember these two guys working together. I remember, you know, all the stuff in the house and, 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 and Luke and Rebecca and, and, and how they worked. And by the way, Rebecca, your work was extraordinary. And, and you, know, you may have been a model, but you were a brilliant, wonderful, natural actress. And I remember working with, but not working with you, but coming on a show soon after that, uh, Dead was a Dead Like Me that you yeah. had the pilot for, another yeah. wonderful TV yeah. show that we worked on. It, it, it was just a bunch of people who really cared. And I think you're yeah. right, Larry. That was the, the, the material was so compelling to these guys. It was really something to do other than, you know, like do the twist and comb your hair. They were actually alive in this, in this story. And it was quite beautiful. And it, for me, it was a thrill. You know, I, I, I'm a journeyman director. I go around and shoot films for guys. And a lot of it is just, you know, you, it's just pap. That show had some, some extraordinary currents of reality and passion and mm. love, and and it was a joy to do. I mean, it was a it's a love story. Who the hell doesn't want to make a love story? You know, a tragic love story. It was a gift. It was a gift to do. I was happy. Rebecca, um, for you, what was it like working with uh, with Stanley? We just talked about him a little bit. I agree. He was such, such a wonderful actor, um, and yeah, yes. And he was such a, um, he was just, a, he was a wonderful person. I loved hanging out with him. We had so many great conversations and he was so supportive of me. You know, he would sort of critique my work for me. You know, I asked him to, <laughs> to keep an eye out. And so he was giving me lots of positive 
uh, you know, reinforcement and um, it was great. I mean, he was a lovely guy, gone too soon for sure. You know, I felt so, it was just such a great experience because of Stanley and Luke and Cliff and um, the crew and it was, it was really special. It was. Um, how about for you, Cliff, working with Stanley? Um, again, I was really new to L.A., and Stanley was a veteran actor. And so I would talk to him a lot about career. I would talk to him a little bit about acting. So, you know, he was a bit of a mentor, certainly in our scenes together. And I remember uh, one time in particular I was, you know, working on uh, having some emotion, and Stanley was watching me and sort of helping me to sort of modulate that. So... He was very helpful. That's good to hear. Uh, Larry, I, I want to say one thing before, before you ask me. You know, I was thinking when, when, when James was talking, I think, and also Rebecca, I think one of the things also was special about this storyline is all the actors who loved Luke themselves wanted his getaway to be as great as it could make it. So everyone bought into this story and everyone played it hard. Yeah, yeah I think that's very true. And, uh, you know, some of that is evident. I mean, like, this is one of those things where we've seen people leave the show later on, you know, but everybody is still pretty present in this. We have everybody at the wedding, all the main characters are there, the, you know, the core that was there outside of Gabrielle is there for this, uh, for the participation of this wedding. This is where I would ask oh. Molly Campbell, by the way, about the beautiful dress and whatnot. Oh, I know. <laughs> Do you guys remember the day we shot the wedding? There was a very funny photo that was taken by the helicopter paparazzi. That's right. The whole cast is there and yeah. the, the crew, and we all just stand there and look up yeah. and give them a photo. <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great one. Yeah, yeah. They it really were bothering photo. everybody. Yeah. Yeah, that show, yeah. well, obviously that was the highest, I think it was the highest single rated episode as it came out. It, it, you know, there was such anticipation for it. And, and it delivered, which is always a wonderful thing. I wanted to say one thing to you, Jim. I don't know if you knew, but Rick Gunther also died. Oh, I know. I know, yeah. bro. You know I know me. very well. It's, he was a great guy. What a pleasure to work with. When we went down to Mexico Definitely. together, I told him some of the stories about some of my adventures in Mexico. And he, his face, he, he, he got very, very uh, quiet. He didn't know what the hell to say about me. <laughs> <laughs> Jim, did, were you on the location scout when we did the hazardous to your, You must have been on the, when we almost went down in Duke's plane. Yes. Cabo ship. Yes. Yeah. 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 That was bad. Cabo where Duke hung out. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Rebecca, let's talk about let's talk about the uh, the wedding scene itself. Um, What do you remember about shooting that those the the wedding? I remember that we were sort of writing our our own vows to one another. Do you remember that? There was a script that was given to us, and then. I think Luke was like, okay, we have this, but let's also write our sure. own house to each other. And we, I, you know, I, I can't really recall what was used in the show, if it was what was written or what we sort of said to each other. And that was kind of frightening to do. <laughs> um, but I think Steve was on the set that I day. Mean, it was uh, such a day, yeah. you know, that was, and I don't know. I have nothing but fond memories of shooting the wedding. Yeah, for for Larry, as a wedding is a big deal, right? It's a big up. It's a big. 
Well, you try not to have more major. than one one a season. You try not to have one a season <laughs> because you know you want to have a death and a wedding. You know, we were we were shooting all our bullets in one episode, really. Uh, you know, because we had thirty two to do, as as Jim and everybody knows. <laughs> The other thing I'd forgotten watching this thing too, we should really give uh, the cat was fantastic, and uh, <laughs> and I'll tell you something. Watching that scene after the, you know, after the after the un, un, the unmentionable time, and when the cat finally comes in and stuff, and I remember when we were going through the, the beats and writing the story here, and we oh, you were all crying in the room, so we kind of felt we had it. Everybody. But Luke, I mean, what he does in that scene and what Jim captures and what he got from him there. Well, I, mean, I, I, I literally, I cried three times during the show. And I, yeah. never, I mean, I, I hadn't seen it in 25 years. Well, let's talk about this. We're going to have to all get through this together, this scene. We got through it. We got through it. She's here. She's okay. Uh, Rebecca, what do you what do you remember about shooting all of that? Bye. Oh, gosh, it was just a lot, and um, you know, for Luke, it was such a big thing. It was such a big scene for Luke that I think we all tried to just give him his. his to do his thing and go there and um i mean listen there was rain in the car and the i mean the music that was used in that scene was great um yeah i remember it very vividly and i remember jason being there and just sort of we all just sort of stood back and let luke sort of do what he needed to do because that was you know i think what was needed you know, for, for that scene, but it was really emotional. It was really sad. I mean, I don't know how you watch that and not sort of feel emotions. <laughs> God. What do you guys remember from that night? I can't get through it. Uh, yeah. Hey, Jim, for you, though, that's a pretty heavy scene. Luke has got a lot to do there. Uh, what is your memory of that? Well, it, you know, it wasn't a thing that they did with spelling did all the time. It wasn't like... You know, yeah. we, we, when you, I worked, Paul Wagner was the producer on that show, and I'd say, Paul, what about a little fire? And you said, no. What about a little rain? No, no. You can't, you couldn't do anything on the show. So now we had rain, we had car gags, we had machine gun fire and squibs. I mean, this is pretty unusual stuff for Beverly Hills 90210. So we were, it was, it was sort of stressful, but it was so much fun to shoot because every, all the actors wanted to do it. Everybody wanted to be involved. And the camera, you know, if you notice the, the, the high shot, we really didn't know how to do a high shot, a, a crane shot in the rain 
because the rain's dripping off the mat box and we didn't have a we didn't have a deflector we just didn't we, we, we those guys weren't doing that kind of stuff but they went for it and i think it's very powerful it's beautifully done and, and luke luke just wanted to go he wanted to go he wanted to act he wanted to do the tell this story he, you know he was an artist he, he really really wanted to to, to, to be a to, to act he wanted to, to sing and he and he went for it in that show he was beautiful he was beautiful one he was a great guy. Perry was a hell of a guy. Yeah, he was. One thing I remember is they kept telling me to pull my, I had my hood on so yeah. that you couldn't see my entire face. And I had to keep pulling the hood, you know, to hide my face. So it would make sense that the mistake was made. Right? Yeah. Yes. That was. The yeah, they had to think it was Luke. Every, yeah, I mean, every the, the rain and everything helped with that. You know, it, 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 people bought yeah. it. No problem. Yeah. Uh, Larry, you wrote the rain into this, obviously. Yeah, well, yeah, because again, we were trying to help, you know, confuse the the gunman as much. You know, you have to make it look real. I mean, so yeah, yeah. all that stuff was helpful. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, and and again, Paul Wagner did come. You know, we we started getting bigger and bigger in the show, as as, as you know, Jim knows. You remember you acted also in the western that Jason directed. <laughs> that, that those guys also twisted your arm to be in, and you add so much authenticity to it. It really. Uh, we 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 actually had a show with Jason, and we talked about that. We talked about talking you into the show, uh, but yeah, that was. Uh, you know, we we wanted to make the show big again. We all felt this great responsibility to send that character off and. And, you know, if, yeah, I mean, when he rides down that road with, the, you know, the little cat there, trouble. And, yeah. you know, it's just, uh, you know, we were obviously hoping he'd come back down the road the other way, but he didn't for a long time. Cliff, for you, um, you play a pivotal part in the phone call, right? Uh, mm -hmm. You know, you get the call and, you know, you think that uh, Stanley's character uh, is is having a change of heart. Mm -hmm. Um What's your thoughts on some of the things that you had to do in those scenes? Because I think you, the way you delivered that, I think it brings that anticipation of, oh, God, I hope nothing is going to happen here um, leading up to it. So what's your thoughts on those scenes? I, um, I basically was just doing my job. I know that sounds like a strange thing, but I felt like I had to serve the plot as best I could. And so um, I thought as far as my acting was concerned, you know, I went back. I hadn't seen it in 20 years or so. I was like, wow, that's really clean and really, you know, it just communicated, you know, the conflict within the character and, and you know, that he he was very concerned for um, Antonia and he had to do something and felt powerless. Um, well, he risked everything also. He risked, he basically risks everything by doing yeah. it. He could be killed himself. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, and I remember, again, you know, particularly talking to the first AD about how to do the shot and so forth. And, you know, it, it was all relatively new to me. And I remember that particular scene, I was asking about my shot, and, you know, how we were going to do it and so forth. So it was a learning curve, but nonetheless, uh, you know, I just felt like I was just doing my job. I had to, you know, hit the notes. In 2020, Bruno just shoots her a text. Hey, your dad. Right. Oh yeah, we're <laughs> saved by that. Yeah, yeah. That said, how did how did Bruno know the uh, the peach pit number, which was something that people have commented on. How did the Bruno the yellow it? pages, the yellow four one one. Yeah, Dad is about to try to kill your uh, boyfriend, your your new husband. Uh, watch out! Omg! 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 Bruno, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no, I mean that made everything harder once you know cell phones happened and you know storytelling and this cop stuff was a lot harder. Yeah. 
Um, I think one of the other most beautiful scenes in this episode, prior to the the what we just watched, is um, you know there's that really beautiful scene that Rebecca you have with Luke. Um, I guess the wedding night, right? You guys have yeah. that beautiful dance and love, very love powerful, it. powerful scene. Do you remember great doing music that? in that show? You guys yes. had great music in that show. That was Lyle Lovett's uh, "Nobody Knows Me But My Baby," and that was the second choice we had for the show. The first choice was. Um, Chris Isaac, somebody's crying, and they, we, we couldn't license it, so we went with the other one, and it's so perfect. I want to. It's great. It's Steve actually, it's actually better. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think it worked out the way it was supposed to. Yeah, it, it's, it works so great, and the dance is beautiful. And, and Jim, I want to commend you. You didn't use too many candles. <laughs> Uh, but Rebecca, everyone knows I have a thing about candles and directors. I make fun of it all the time. But you use just the proper amount of candles. I find. <laughs> Do you remember doing that scene, the, dance, the the little dance there before the you know after the wedding and all that? Yeah, of course. Um, yeah, I remember him carrying me in. Um, mm. You know, we tried to just keep it as real as possible and tender, and again, just. Yeah, tell the story, um, you know. But listen, it was obvious Luke and I had really easy, great chemistry, so those scenes were fairly easy for us, I would say. Yeah, it definitely comes through. Um, and then obviously, you know, we we get the funeral aspect of this, which you're not in, <laughs> Rebecca. No. But uh, what do you recall uh, about shooting the funeral, Jim? Well, I, I, like I say, we were at a beautiful, lovely spot. You know, you, you know, uh, cemeteries are often very, very lovely places to shoot because of all the dapple light and the trees and stuff. And we had all these. You know, but another thing about that show, Larry, is that you had some beautiful human beings in that show. I mean, those faces were just extraordinary, and they were all quite powerful. You know, Jenny Garth at that point <clears throat> had become a European actress. I mean, she was so full and so there was so much going on in her. And they're all the same way. And we got back with nice long lenses, which we didn't do a lot of with spelling. It, was, it wasn't what we did in those days. Getting back nice long lenses and softening the frame. And they were, and, and Luke was so there. And Stanley was so there. I mean, there was such a, a gravitas mm. about what everybody was doing. You just put the lens on them and play some bitchin' music, and it was fantastic. I mean, it, it really worked. And, and I watched it the other night. I, that was 30 years ago. I can't even remember anything about it until I'm watching it, and I'm crying, too, like a schmuck. Mm. <laughs> it, was, it, it was it was wonderful you know and I, what i remember is that everybody was doing it brother I and mean, they were they were there they you, know, you, you could do a 902 and have a lot of guys saying hey when are we going to get out of here i gotta go to the golf course or something and that was not one of those shows that they were never doing that they wanted yeah. to be there and they wanted to full and i think you're right larry they want to yeah. say adios to luke exactly yeah, that was that was definitely it. Because after he left, there was a big slump. Actually, there was no, not a slump, but just we had to pick it up again and and, and stuff. There, yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, it's tough to keep a bunch of guys interested, man. I uh, do you I remember, remember um, the day that we shot the funeral scene? You know, I went into the makeup trailer and Luke was there, and um, usually he and I would share some banter. We'd talk, and I could see he was already in the moment. He was already preparing for yeah. what was coming up. And I was like, wow, you know, it was really, really amazing. And so he, I think he inspired everybody around him. But I just remember very distinctly that morning, just looking over at him and seeing him. And he was just preparing himself for the day. 
It's pretty cool. I mean, it's been amazing for, for us. We've had a lot of guest stars. We've done like 30 shows and everyone has a similar story. Like when I came on the set, it was intimidating. There's, you know, there's a little bit of a mean girl factor. You know, the, the kid's at school and you're not in it. And Luke was the guy who would take a moment and says, hey, don't let the bitches get to you. Don't let this happen. And, and, he, and he would take him in. It's, he's just, uh, it sucks. Yeah, for Rebecca, I'm curious. You know, you you said that uh, before we came on. You said that you got to see him um, in a movie that you were in recent. Uh, you know, if, uh, uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well. So, what are your memories of Luke? The storyline, um, and you know, having seen him again. You know, listen. We we stayed in touch over the years. Um, you know. He came to see my my Broadway performance when he was in New York. I would visit him, and you know we definitely had a friendship and we stayed in touch throughout the years. But it had been about a year since I'd seen him, and then um, we got to see each other one last time. Uh, it was during a, we we crossed paths at a wardrobe fitting um, because, like I said, we had no scenes together in the movie, and I, you know, I'm in the movie very little. Um, so it was, it was, you know, I think meant to be that I got to see him one last time, uh, mm. before his passing. And, you know, it was the, it was the same, it was the same Luke, the same amazing, loving, kind, funny, crazy Luke. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard a lot of nice things about him through here. Yeah. Yeah. You know, hey, Pete, uh, you know, I was thinking, you know, this, in some part of the storytelling too, I don't want to leave out is, um, you know, how the marriage of, of, of Luke to Tony was going to affect everyone else, namely the Jenny Garth character, uh, Kelly Tony. Taylor, because we start the picture off with, with, with that. And, you know, she's okay with it. And, and she seemed genuine in her scenes with Rebecca and, and the girls really embraced him. And I think, again, it's, again, even the character's love of Dylan was translated. It was all, it was all the same thing. And the only one, and I saw a comment before, and I wasn't quite sure why we did this and, and but Valerie does not go to the bachelorette party. Right. And I think in the thinking was in the time was that she was the only one who really, you know, was really uh, couldn't couldn't get behind it because she still loved Dylan herself. In fact, uh, that's the only thing I could think of. If it wasn't double ups, then there had to be a real reason that we, she just couldn't. It was a bridge too far for her to see that Dylan was going to marry someone else. The other thing we did, which we were very good at. We gave life to the Brenda character off screen. There's a telegram from Brenda. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we kept that. We kept throwing that rope out there. You know, it's going to happen eventually if we keep throwing it out there. <laughs> yeah. I was very proud we did that because again, it honors the fans who put all the who love these characters as much as we do, and they for, so you get like an equity of if you watch the show a long time, you you get to appreciate things more. Mm. You know, sort of. Yeah. Did you get to work much with Tiffany, Rebecca? Um, no, I did not. Um, and she's, you know, I, I, I think I had a couple of crossover scenes with her, maybe two, right, at most, but not many. Did she come to the part, the house party, the little get together that Tony had? I don't think. I so. don't think so. I don't think no. so. No, there wasn't no. much crossover there. No. I think maybe uh, there was maybe two short scenes or something. I know I worked with her and that we shot together, but. I think it was very little, very little. And uh, but who were who? Well, there well, of the girls were there any? Was Kathleen great with you? Was uh, was were, were were some of them good with you? What, tell me about some of them. 
Yeah, I mean, Kathleen was lovely uh, from day one. She was very welcoming. Um, and, you know, Tori ended up being lovely, I, I have to say. She did. Um, I think uh, it took some of the other girls a little longer, but you're right. By the end of my stint there, everyone was really great. I think it was just, it took some getting used to to have a new girl in the hair and makeup trailer, a new girl on set, a new girl working with Dylan, Luke, who right. I think they all sort of were vying for his energy, attention, whatever it is. Um, you know, there yeah. was definitely energy there that you had to work with. And, um, you know, there was, there was a couple of days that were rough, but I think, um, I think after that, everyone was like, oh, okay, she's, she's fine. We accept her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I did to get accepted, but they were okay by the end. That's cool. Yeah. Um, Larry, we see Dylan, you know, drive off and that's the end of that character. Um, was that tough for you all, the writers? Terrible, terrible. You know, it's just, uh, you know, I mean, cause that was, first of all, he's a great fun character to write for, you know, cause he also, we were doing a college show, something that, that occurred to me and, and Jim knows because we shot, you know, we shot at colleges. Um, there are no college shows. We're the only college show that was ever successful as far as I could tell. Watching these shows now, I said, that's a college show. Mm -hmm. but, uh, but Luke's character, Dylan, Dylan McKay, was not going to go to college. So we always had that, you know, we were in the junior year because we tried to keep everything you know, real, you know, like kids, you know, when it was September, it was always September and, and likewise. So, uh, you know, it was always a problem, but it was never really a problem because we, we loved writing for him and he was challenging. And, and also it gave us a chance in the last year or two to kind of run a little bit more of a, of an action plot. You know, we kind of really were able to work off some of his demons and, you know, we got him addicted to drugs. We got him losing his money and running to, you know, so we, he was an action character for us. I mean, in a lot of ways. And so we lost that. No, there was really no one to replace that after he left. Uh, we never, uh, never really got that. So, I mean, when I left after season seven, there was still hope that eventually that he might come back. But if he didn't, it was perfect the way he left, everyone felt. And, you know, I, I remember that I ran into the president of NBC at the time, which was a competing network. And he, like he shook my hand and said, that was an amazing episode you did. That story, I must have had young kids. Because usually, and I don't know if Rebecca or Jim or Cliff had this, but, you know, I tell this story occasionally. But, you know, after 9020 for me, I would go in to, for a job interview and people go, what have, what have you been doing? I said, well, I've you know, been executive producing 90210, writing, producing. They go, oh, it's too bad it wasn't a good show. <laughs> nice. And we just spelling, you know, we had this curse of spelling on us that, it was somehow they never watched the show, obviously, because you know we were doing some shit, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was the person that you know. I think I, we all made money. What are you gonna say? Yeah, I don't. We know got paid. We got that. paid. We're all here on the show, uh, you know, on this podcast talking about this stuff from thirty years ago because of how incredible everything was. So a lot of people didn't get it right that you talked to. Nothing is despised more than success in Hollywood. Exactly. If, and also, how can I succeed if my friends don't fail? <laughs> um, Lily's been, uh, you know, scouring some fan questions and whatnot. Uh, what do you have for Rebecca, Cliff, Jim, Larry? Uh, so I'll start with one for Rebecca. 
One of our viewers, Mary B, would like to know. She says that uh, your chemistry with Luke was beyond convincing. I felt so happy for his character to find new love. Did you and Luke practice a lot off screen or did it all just come together naturally? <laughs> That's funny. Um, well, listen, we did hang out a lot off screen and that probably helped our performance. There we go. Okay. <laughs> well, one of our favorite viewers, Lori, wants to know if you had a crush with uh, on anyone in the cast at any point. Did I? Yes. Oh, uh, oh, I definitely had a crush on Luke. Definitely. <laughs> oh, right. I mean, listen, I was, you know, I had a boyfriend and he was married, but of course I had a crush on him. Awesome. Uh, Melinda Berg asks, if you knew how to ride a motorcycle the way you did on the show, or do you now? Me? Uh, the motorcycle? Oh, mm -hmm. God. I do not. Okay. That seems actually quite funny to watch because I cannot ride a motorcycle like that. And I love what I wish I could. I look so um, cool. Yeah. Riding a motorcycle <laughs> like that. My double so, made me look so cool. Thank God for helmets. <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> Um, so Chance Bartels wants to know, he asked me to please ask Rebecca to tell a story of working with Luke after 90210 in the miniseries Invasion. So, yes. So, you know, Luke and I tried to work together as much as possible after 90210 and we did a couple jobs and Invasion was one of them. And, um, you know, again, it, we, we, we really had fun working together. We had a really lovely friendship. Um, and, you know, we both loved acting. We loved telling these stories and we had a great time hanging out. So Invasion was the same. You know, we were just a few years older and um, had a little bit more experience under our belt, but we still had just as much fun on Invasion as we did on 90210. But 90210 is special because that's where it all started. Totally. Uh, Zara Brown wants to know if you received any fan letters um, during your time on the show, and do you have any fun memories on the set, um, and can, are you willing to share some? Uh, yes, I, I received lots of fan mail because of this character. Lots of people inquiring about the wedding dress, about uh, Trouble, the cat, about, um, you know, what it was like to kiss Luke. Um, okay. So many things that these people want to know about Luke. Lots of questions about Luke obviously. Um, you know, I'm trying to think of stories on set. Really what stands out when I think about shooting 90210 was, you know, just, I woke up every morning very excited to go to work because, you know, like uh, Jim was saying, everyone was so invested. And I guess because it was Luke's departure storyline and people really wanted to show up for that. Um, but also there was just a great camaraderie. It was really fun days, you know, some long, hard days of shooting, but no one complained because it was, it was so great shooting. You know, everyone was really there, really into it. Awesome. Jess says, was happy about this storyline. Perfect match for Dylan. So I have a couple more for Rebecca and then a few for the writers. Uh, Rebecca, Val Marin would like to know if you would have stood up to your father in the name of love despite the dangerous circumstances that it held. Hell yeah. <laughs> All right. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, and one that came up quite a bit was how did you prepare uh, yourself as an actress for, you know, such a sad fate as for your as, that your character had? Um, well, I don't know. I think, uh, 
you know, the story, we, we played that story through, we told that story with a nice through line. So, you know, I think Luke had the hard, the hard part when I died, you know, so, but it was very, the rest of it was very easy. It was very easy to, um, I think, play the dynamic between Stanley and Luke and the love story with Luke was, you know, right there and very easy to do, but I, I don't know how much prep I did. I feel like it just sort of all the magic happened when we got there. That makes any sense. For Larry, you know, another thing we should talk about in this is the performances between Jason and Luke. We have a lot of really beautiful stuff uh, because his best friend, probably off screen as well, is leaving the cast and he's going to stay. What are your thoughts on seeing some of that stuff all these years later? Well, I I was really struck by, of course, because I listened to the words, but, you know, I remember, you know, the writing, you know, with, with Steve, the, the look what they did to her, but he goes, Brandon, Brandon, like he brings Brandon right into that thing. Of course, Brandon's the star of our series. So of course he does. But, uh, but I was happy it happened. At the same time, I was kind of shocked, it, 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 but it all works. And I mean, look, I mean, the, the goodbye with the thing with the guys was really emotional that day. I mean, Jim knows he, he shot it with him. Hey, Jim, was it the last thing you shot of that episode? I wonder now was, was Luke driving off the last remember that I don't, probably I not probably we're on the set probably not there with him on the motorcycle i remember it very well but i don't know if it was the last day I don't yeah know. it probably was it would have been on the set probably uh we would have gone back to the set probably but i mean you know it's it, there's a real bromance between those guys there we had really you know played that we wanted to really focus on that at the end that's why we contrived this thing where bruno's going to call the peach pit and brandon's going to take luke over there i mean you know we can we had to vertically integrate the story which is you know part of the the challenge of writing these things and it's like a puzzle you're trying to put together. Even and, the scene and, with uh, Brandon and uh, Luke or Dylan at the when they're playing cards. Oh yeah, yeah. And he tells him he's you know he's his best friend and all that stuff. I mean, you guys really sort of pulled on our heartstrings. Not even just with you know what's going to happen with Tony, but in saying goodbye to that character, he does get an opportunity to say goodbye to everyone essentially. You know, even I, I felt great about there. that, and and I just, I forgot that Rebecca got to smoke cigars too at the uh, bachelor. <laughs> <party. laughs> That's right, we did, and that was kind of cute. <laughs> you know, just yeah, yeah, those guys. I guess you know they did their job. There's that yes, <laughs> like, ah yes, that's right. <laughs> the only thing that really jarred me in this episode, and I can't remember for the life of me what happened, but we have Ray Pruitt show up in the episode, right? You know, or did yes. I dream that? Does Ray yep. Pruitt show up at the beach house at one point and try yes, to talk to Donna? Does. He does. Yeah. I have no. I, I guess we had we had him on contract because he was already gone by that point. I think I thought. I mean. Yes, kind of Jamie bad. Walters shows up and he's angry. Jamie Walters, yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't remember why. You know why we need to have that. Have I, that you know, Larry, that. I think that was one of those shows too that was like twenty-five minutes over, and you guys had to freeze that. Freeze Brian. Uh, down there was more story. Know. There was more story there. Yeah, that yeah. that makes sense, Jim. Yeah, I would think so, Steve. Steve uh, uh, Wasman. Actually, you know, I have to read something from Jessica. I should might as well do it now. Yeah. Let me just because uh, Jessica Klein, who uh, was of course an executive producer with Steve, and, you know, and and myself for these for these episodes, Steve is no longer with us, and Jessica couldn't come tonight, so she wanted me to read this, and I will. This episode was Steve Wasserman's proudest moment. It demonstrates not only his talent as a writer, but also as a producer. And uh, Steve loved working on Nine Hundred Two and O. He would be so touched and honored to know that the fans are still watching the show so many years later. Our daughter Shira joins me in wishing all those who celebrate a happy, healthy, and sweet new year. Yeah, love you, Jess. 
Steve. Yeah, Jessica normally would be with us, but yeah. you know, and, and you know, we, we all miss Steve. Who you know, again, we've this was an episode again. Three of the principals in it were are gone. I mean, it's shocking. And Jess says watching Luke right off at the end is even sadder now. Yeah. So, James, yeah. you said that you uh, you remember shooting the 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 drive off the send off scene. Uh, what are your memories of that? Oh my. It was two guys working, two guys, you know, the, the guys were wonderful. They loved each other. Yeah. You know, we were out in that, in that great location out in Pasadena, wherever the, where the house was out there, where Luke's place was. Altadena, yeah. yeah. And yeah. once again, we were losing, you know, I, I'm just talking technical here. We were losing, using long lenses. So that great shot of him driving away on the bike was just, a, it was a, a focus pull that lasted for quite a long time. Big old bitch and close up of Luke. And, it, you know, it, they were very simple actors, those guys. You know, they were, they, they were, they, you know, the less was more with them, mm. but they were both so full, they didn't have to do a lot. There was just, and the audience was so invested in their relationship. You know, they the audience was so connected that they that they were imagining a million different things as well. The guys were good guys to work with. I loved those guys. They were good guys. You know, yeah. and they were doing they were doing their job. They loved they 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 they, they honored that moment as that as actors, for sure. Uh, Rebecca, what about working with Jason for you? You did some stuff with him. Yeah, he was great. He was a hoot. Um, you know, he was also one of the, the people who made me feel very comfortable when I first arrived on the show. But, um, you know, listen, those two, they had a really great friendship on the screen and off the screen. So that was really fun to watch. And it was really endearing and special and um, you know, it was just a, it was a really, it was a great set, you know, for me to, to be on just to see all that, you know, I'd never been on a show for more than a few episodes. So to see these people who'd worked together for so many years and really had these deep friendships and connections and all this history and had gone through so much together, it was, it was lovely to watch. Jason was great. Larry, some fan fiction here. If Luke okay. Perry, if Luke Perry said, "I'm coming, I'm going to stay on for the season," say, say this, this, we, we get a contract, right? Twenty-two and, more episodes, thirty-two episodes for that I'm, season. I'm, I'm doing it. What happens with Dylan? Is it oh. still with Tony? Yes, but then she dies at the thirty-second episode. <laughs> Sorry, but I mean, you know, again, the long game was always going to be Kelly. Uh, you know, was you know, it was was going to be Brenda, frankly, originally. But we were still going to work on the triangle with uh, Brandon and uh, and Dylan over Kelly once we lost Brenda um, for Dylan. But uh, we still were hopeful that Shannon was going to come back. You know, I mean, what we might have done, though, I shouldn't say that, but we would have had to deal with, uh, you know, her father and stuff. I mean, I, somehow, you know, because I think it's really good the way we end this episode. The killing is over, you know, so theoretically that's, you know, neutralized or whatever. And that's that's done. Um, she would have had to have probably gone out with Brandon, I guess. I mean, you know, probably would have been Brandon and Tony, you know, because, again, all, we vertically integrated our characters. They all wound up being uh, with each other uh, for a lot of times, unfortunately. So there's no um, version of this story where they live. It's a little group. There's no version of this story where they live happily ever after. No, there are no married couples on the show in a show like this, at least in my world, uh, you know, or that, you know, or else you're going to challenge them. Well, yeah, they'd marry, but then there'd be an affair. Luke, you know, would have been a, you know, men are very immature. Let's face it, for a long time, men are very immature, as we all know. 
Jim, back me up here. <laughs> Cliff. Uh, no comment. Anyway, so probably Dylan would have just been in a situation. He just and it would have been bad, and his marriage would have been over. So we would have, we would have, you know, we don't, well, we would normally do. We put an obstacle in between them, you know, split them up, and then maybe if work them back again. Bring them back together. Okay. You know, it's just, uh, just working, working the puzzle. I got you. Well, I think I'm glad I died. <laughs> it was so, well, I mean, it's so memorable. Like you said, it was so impactful. Like you, you did the whole show. I mean, it's amazing. It was eight episodes, but it, it's so well, precious when you see it now. I always bring up the point that you know, for the Brenda Dillon fans, which I am a brand, brand I'm, a, I'm, I'm Switzerland, whatever that is. I'm, I'm, I love all of the couples together. But um, if Brenda doesn't leave, do we ever see this Tony? Uh, you know, Dylan storyline, and I don't, you know, because probably not. No, that came out of necessity. We had, we knew we had to get rid of him, and we had the leftover storyline with you know that we had inherited with the uh, the father being killed and who killed his father. We could drive, use that to drive a, a romantic story, yeah. And so, I mean, for me, the Tony and uh, Dylan storyline is probably the most powerful of the yeah. storylines that come to 90210. So, I mean... I know. I'm, I mean, season six yeah. is a hell of a season. I mean, as we were discovering, we're watching a lot of season six. It's it's pretty amazing. And it was, you know, at the time, you know, everyone said, oh, the show's going down. Luke's leaving. This has happened, you know. Yeah. Anyway, uh, and again, you can't do a college show. That's what everyone told us. You can't do a college show, which uh, it's interesting. No one's done a college show. Lily, uh, I'll let you do a couple of more, and then we're going to wrap this one up. Yep, I have a few more. So actually for Cliff, you've actually been receiving a lot of love from our viewers. I was just oh, taking wow. a look at the comments here and everyone is so happy to see you. Uh, one of the questions that came up was, um, were you ever recognized or approached by any fans um, for, as your, for your character, Bruno? Um, I still to this day am recognized. Uh, but oftentimes people don't quite know how they know me. Um, so, uh, but for the longest time, I went to the theater once and literally the audience parted ways and they were like, oh my gosh, there's the guy from 90210. <laughs> um, I, I got recognized quite a bit and still do, but nowadays it's more like, I, I know you from somewhere. So I always say I'm an actor and ultimately it comes down to Beverly Hills 90210. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, Dylan. <laughs> like the so may actually be for Larry and maybe Jim. Um, Chance Bartels asks if the episode One Wedding and a Funeral was inspired by the James Bond 007 movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service. In that 1968 film, 007 married a woman and she I guess she was shot up by thugs. He also says that um, both that movie and 90210 are exactly alike and are each dramatic to the max. The late Stanley Camel was inspired as Antonio's father. Director James Whitmore's father of the same name was an acclaimed character actor. Any connection? Uh, not that I know of. I mean, you know, other than, I, other than I remember seeing that movie, you know, maybe in the back of my head, I was there. Be careful like, there. Know, yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, yeah, we'll get to. <laughs> okay, two more. No, I don't think, yeah. No. No, right, said, no. I already said we stole from Shakespeare, so now, you know, yeah. James Bond, what the heck, you know. We, Larry, you mentioned the cat earlier. So what was the story uh, behind the cat trouble? Was it anyone's pet? Did anyone get to take it home? Well, funny you should <laughs> I actually, this was a kind of a, you know, like a lot of times we draw on our experiences as, as, as people. I was in love with a girl who drove a motorcycle and had a cat in her, what was called then a knapsack. That's how long ago it was. It was a knapsack that she traveled with. And it was St. John's of Annapolis. I was leaving Georgetown School of Foreign Service and 
and I was following this girl. And she had a cat named Trouble. And uh, it turned out to be trouble for me because just the relationship did not work out. <laughs> and, but I always store it in the back of my head. And, 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 you know, again, we were looking for stuff to do for the, for the kids in the house, you know, for once she moved in with, uh, once uh, Tony moved in with uh, Dylan. And the cat thing just became something, you know. And then again, we realized, oh, we can use it for that great moment to, to do the switch where Dylan's going to stay, look for the cat, and she's going to be in the car. <laughs> And so the cat became so useful. And then, you know, we just kind of went with the cat. I mean, I love animals myself. And uh, this, this cat really uh, uh, did well because he, he, she, she acts by doing nothing with Luke, uh, who's crying over the cat after the death. And yes. when, when the cat finally comes back in, we knew that was going to be a killer moment. And it just delivered it so beautifully. Yeah. Rebecca, did you get any, uh, what did you think of the cat? Did you get, someone's asking here if you got to keep the cat, Alex? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not get to keep the cat, but I was really fond of that little cat. It was yeah. a sweet little cat, and I loved shooting with it. And again, I, I also love animals, so that was kind of a treat. It was really fun. Yes, there we go. Okay, one more, Lily, and we're out of here. That's a good one. Larry, Val Marin brings up, in Dylan's vows to Tony, he says that all his life people told him he was running away from something, but then found her. Sadly, after Tony's death, he's forced to run away again. This time he goes to Brenda. Was this just a coincidence? Of course, the Brillin fan in me always wished it was because he really loved her too. After the telegram, she sent him for his wedding. And I'd like to add in there, um, why couldn't Dylan tell Brenda? He tells Brandon, I don't think I could have told her why. Could, why uh -huh. Oh, God. Here we go. This Brenda's. Well, okay. Oh. So the, fir the first one was when uh, we didn't really... Uh, think about Dylan going to London at that point when he's driving off he's driving off to you know start a new life and you know just you know again he we always imagine Dylan somewhat of a writer like he's storing all his stuff up because eventually he's got to write something so you know he's just going out to have some experiences that we brought in the London thing a little bit later it seemed a way to kind of keep working the Brenda thing with Dylan to have him say I can't tell her it's just a great way to show emotion. I mean, so it was a way to show that it was a little bit still something there. And again, to keep those fans like yourself going at this, this possibility. So, I mean, we knew even without social media, when people would write letters, letters to us, we knew that people watched the show and really were invested in these stuff. So, and we, and that, that fed us. It, it fed us because we realized that early on they knew the show sometimes better than us. So mm. we kind of, we were following them sometimes in there. But Last, yeah, we just tried to keep everything alive. Lastly, I'm going to ask Rebecca, do you look back, and I'm going to ask all you guys this, you, you look back on this episode now recently, 30 years later, what do, you, what do you think? Does it still hold up? How do you feel about it? You know what? I think it does. I mean, I really think it does. And I think, I mean, 30 years later, I still have people confessing to me, you know, that they watched the show. It was like their dirty little secret. And they know more about the show than I did. You know what I mean? So I think it does hold up. And there's a whole new generation of people watching it. So I think that is the telltale sign of great television. Yeah. How about you, James? You just watched it back. What do you think? Do I think it holds up? Yeah. I do. I was moved by it, brother. I, you know, I, I the beginning, I, I was kind of, you know, that, that scene in the dress shop, I'm kind of going, what is this stuff? But then it, it started to flow, it started to roll, and it was absolutely very, it was very moving to me. I love the wedding. I loved you guys together in the house. I loved you guys together, you know, at, at, on your wedding night. There, there was brilliant stuff in it, the, the dancing, the songs, 
And of course, the ending just when Luke takes that little kitty cat in his hands and started to weep. Uh, mm. You can't beat it, brother. That's Mel. That's Mel. Yeah. How about you, Cliff? Um, I, in preparation for this, I was watching my episodes with my son, who's 24, and he had never seen the show. Mm. And we started watching it, and he was like, I, I want to watch this show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it holds up. Um, you know, I watched that final episode. I started weeping. I just thought Luke was just fantastic and just, you know, my heart broke. So I yeah. think it all. And I think, you know, what we know about losing Luke all these years later, I think it even gives it a, when you watch it now, it gives it even Absolutely. a little, another piece to the puzzle here. Hey, I'm all about gratitude these these days, guys. James, I just want to tell you, thank you so much for, for directing this episode. I mean, uh, it, it really drew us in and uh, we still talk about it, but it, there's so much beauty in what you did all those years ago on this. And we're just so thankful for it. And, and Cliff, as Bruno, you were the fans. You were us. We were rooting for this to to uh, to get stopped and for Tony not to die. So it's just beautiful work that you did all the way through. And uh, we're just so thankful that you came by. And Rebecca, what can I say? I mean, this, this is the only episode of 90210 I can't watch because I get so emotional. But I think it speaks to your honesty and your what you bring out of the character, you know, it was very easy for all of us to fall in love with Tony, the character. I think it speaks to your work and probably who you are. Thank you. Thank so, you. Uh, thanks for having me today. Yeah. Thank thanks for you. coming by. We really appreciate it. Cool guys. All right. So uh, thank you so much. We will check you next week. Larry, which two episodes are we talking about on Wednesday with Chuck? We're discussing um, uh, meet Mr. Pony. Right. And Pig is a Boy is a Dog, which I wrote. Uh, yeah. It's an animal rights episode. And then we have the uh, – I've never seen Meet Mr. Pony, so I'll be watching that for the first time. So, so two really big yeah. Brenda episodes. Yeah. But we're, we're, exactly. It's a Brenda-centric show yeah. showing her, her side, both two sides of Brenda. And then the other thing we should – you know, again, this October 4th Super Show, which hopefully uh, Jim Cliff and, and Rebecca will uh, – We'll just uh, a give time. a happy a happy anniversary to actually. Maybe they should say happy anniversary now. Actually, just so we can have it on tape in case we don't get them. Um, right. But yeah, we're we're gonna so we're gonna party. We're gonna party the thirty year anniversary and uh, you know just kind of yeah. do it just because it's become a pandemic pastime. So we had nothing else to do. But it's been very gratifying. <laughs> yes. just to see your faces. It's so wonderful. Uh, yes, so, and I love it. Love so. you all. Awesome. Thank all right. You. Thanks, guys. Right. Thank you, everyone. Bye, bye. Bye. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.